Yesterday during my commute to work, I decided to give my mom a call just to catch up with her, see what she has been doing last week and what I have been doing this week as well, so that she is not so worried about my situation since we are miles apart. And I thought that would be a good length, just 15 minutes, not too long, not too short. I feel like if I extended my video call to be a little bit longer, it's going to make her to become aware of the fact that she misses me very much. So I just wanted to keep it short so that she doesn't even realize that she is sad. And then we just, until next week, you know? But during that video chat, she was telling me that this year, because my dad will be working and I'm also away, she will be spending Christmas alone with my sister and it's making her a little sad. Since she feel like the Christmas atmosphere at home is not as thick, is that the right adjective for it? It's just not as intense or as happy as previous year would be because there are less people going to be at home and she feels that the Christmas atmosphere is also influenced because of that. And I was telling her, well, mom, it doesn't really matter how many people you're spending it with. It's how much you want to have that Christmas vibe. If you really want to feel Christmassy, even if I'm just spending Christmas alone, I can try to decorate my apartment to reflect that, to make me feel that way. So you have to put in the effort to make it feel Christmassy. Like don't, don't try to blame it on the fact that people, there are less people at home. However, at the same time, I do feel very guilty that I am not there because I am part of the problem. I am part of the contribution that is making our house less Christmassy. Because if you do have more people, it does feel merrier. I will not, I will not argue against that. But that brings me to the point of this realization as we age in different parts of the world and also as we age towards different stages of our life, we have to bid farewell to our loved ones or our friends because they decided to do something that is out of ordinary or that was out of their original plan. And sadly, we have to say goodbye to them for the time being. Even though my stay here might be temporary, might be semi-permanent, we don't know yet because we don't know what the future holds. It's always hard to say goodbye to someone. It's almost like a growing pain that we all have to experience. And we've experienced it definitely in different times. And today I thought perhaps I should talk about some of the growing pains that I had since I've already experienced a few to put myself really in my mom's shoes and just feel the heartbreak, <laughs> feel how such a horrible daughter I am to leave home during the holiday and to spend it overseas. But all jokes aside, I hope that by reflecting on these growing pain for the next time when I have another situation where I have to say goodbye to someone, I will be more accepting of that change, even though I know it would still be hard because it's always hard to be separated from someone you love. I hope that I could be more understanding and that my, my logic would kick in and put a, 
because it's impossible to master the art of letting go. You will always, always, always feel something when you have to break apart, and that is normal because that is what makes us humans. So we don't have to normalize. <laughs> we don't have to normalize becoming numb. We just have to see the good in every breakage and let it become a lesson to teach us how. My first major growing pain was back in two thousand eight, when I had to come to America alone with my birth mother, who I did not know very well. So for me, my world was turning absolutely upside down. It was in chaos. I had to pack up everything that I want to bring to America. And I also have to pack up my feelings that I had for my friends and family back in China. It wasn't very easy, since I was in my teens. It did not. It made zero sense to me why I had to come to America with a guardian who I did not even spend my childhood with. So this was a stranger to me. At this point, I knew that she was my mom. I knew what her name is. I knew her occupation. I knew that she gave birth to me. That supposedly she had raised me until the age of four. But I had zero feelings other than the feelings that I'm supposed to feel as a mother-daughter duel. I did not have any special memories with her, and I did not understand my father's decision to let me go. How could you let me be taken? By this random lady who you used to be married to, and you guys are divorced, so that is very telling of how much you trust this woman. So at that point, I felt very skeptical. I didn't want to do this at all. I did not see the good in this. There was no good in this in my eight gigabyte memory mind. I just don't understand what could be so important for me. Out there, all the way across the freaking—is this Atlantic or Pacific? Doesn't matter. The world is round, ocean, and the strange land where I knew nothing of, versus everything that I consider home: the street food that I eat, the morning routines that I take, the walks that I go on with my dad, the grocery shopping that I do with my grandparents. What is so precious over there that? I should give up everything I have over here for. Then my dad and I went on a random car ride. I don't remember if we were going somewhere or that we just, you know, decided to go out and blow off some steam because there was a lot of tension at home. Well, mostly between me and my grandma because I just absolutely refuse to go to go abroad. Things might not make sense for you right now, and I know it's hard, but it will make sense in the future, and it will be more beneficial in the long run. What you have to do right now, more importantly, is to take care. Your heart is a sacred place, and you are the gardener that decides. What gets to stay and what 
will be weeded out. So for the flowers that you decide to keep in your heart, for the friendship and relationship, you need to spend a good amount of energy to fertilize it, you know, to take care of it. And for the things that you think it's not deserving to stay in your little garden, well, snip it away and weed it out. I know it sounds poetic when I'm talking about it now. At the moment, I thought it was ridiculous. I'm about to leave your life forever, and you're over here telling me about giving me some gardening tips? It sounded like absolute nonsense to me. But in retrospect, it was a really good advice that he gave me because it is true. I should get to know it so that we can work in to have a healthy and happy life. Thanks, Dad. Sorry that I learned this far too late, but I appreciate your tips. And I think my garden is doing well, even though I don't really have a green thumb. I believe that I have been lucky enough to collect a lot of flowers that I did not imagine to come across. So shout out to the little succulents that decided to stay for the wild ride. Hopefully in the future we will have more things to laugh about. But in the meantime, I will, uh, I will always keep you updated. I will always keep you fertilized. That doesn't sound very right. But I will always water you with details of my life, okay? Almost got demonetized there. The second biggest growing pain that I experienced was high school. Which is fair, right? High school was a big chunk of our lives. In the States, high school lasts about four years, and that is where you make lasting friendships for most people, since that is the last stage of adolescence that we will experience together before we all diverge to pursue our future career and future endeavor. I had this one friend. I had this friend that I considered as my closest friend that I've ever had since I moved to the States. We didn't get along in the very beginning because in the area that I grew up in, there weren't many Asian populations. So we were kind of like the odd ones out at school. And back in middle school, I was the only Asian kid. And back in her school, she was kind of almost like the only one of the few Asians there. So when we came together in high school, it was like, oh, there's another one of us. So we didn't really have a very good first impression, but eventually we grew together like vines. I told many, many things about her and she told me many things about her life. So we knew each other very well. And in my mind, this was going to be that one friendship we see in the movie where we will sit in the rocking chair together in our 70s and we will laugh about our high school days. But things didn't really turn out that way. It wasn't because something happened between us. In fact, it was almost like the lack of things that happened between us. We grew apart and it was one of the toughest growing pain I had to get over. After high school ended, 80% of the kids at our lunch table went to the same college. 
and I went to another one in Texas. While I was waiting for my、um, admission letter, everyone else had already gone to college and started their first semester. And the first semester in college is very critical because we are transitioning to kind of like from kids to actual young adults. We have a lot more responsibility now, and then also your workload is a lot more intense. But I didn't get to go to college in that first term because. The colleges that I got accepted to was kind of expensive, and my conservative parents really wanted me to go to that specific college to a point that they refuse. They refuse. Wait, hold on. How do I say this? They did not allow me to apply for the one that was in my city. That was literally twenty minutes away from our house because they thought that. It was too liberal for me to be enrolled in that school, and I ended up in that school because financially it made a lot more sense than going to the one that they wanted me to go. And they wanted me to go to that school so bad because one, they're conservative, and two, it was a school that they wanted to go to, but they didn't. So while everyone was enrolling in classes, I was just sitting there and waiting for the application period to open for this school in my city. To so so I can apply because、um, I could easily get in, thanks to my rank, thanks to the hard works that I put in for high school. But while I was just existing in this waiting period, my high school best friend has started college, and in the beginning, we said that oh we would FaceTime every night, and some days I would even FaceTime her to sleep to put her to sleep because. She's stressed about schoolwork, or she's just telling me about her day, and it was all very new to me. It felt like a long distance relationship, and it was kind of like a long distance relationship since her college wasn't in the same city. But as much as we wanted to keep up this long distance relationship, our lives are becoming more and more different. Our schedules are. Not matching up anymore. At times I'm busy; she wants to call, or at times she's busy and I want to call. And eventually, it faded out because her friend circle grew at her college, and then also I didn't really had a new circle. But I was just working while I was waiting for spring semester to begin at this college. So our lives are changing. And that is natural. And eventually, we grew apart. And it felt very frustrating to me, was because I wanted, I wanted it to work so badly. I tried my hardest to make it work, but everything was changing so fast, and it was out of my control to keep things the same way. It was as if I'm sitting the front row. And watching a movie about us, and that I can already tell that things are not like the same way as before, and I can tell that where the plot is leading to, towards, and I don't want to keep watching this movie to know what happens next, but I'm stuck in the movie theater and I cannot leave. So little by little, our texts for. <laughs> This sounds so <laughs> like a high school girl relationship. 
little by little, we didn't text as often anymore, and then we don't really tag each other on Instagram anymore, and then we just completely kind of lost contact. We became. I don't know what is the phrase in English, but if you translate it roughly from Chinese, is like a stranger whom. I knew so much, or the stranger that knew so much about me. It feels almost terrifying to think that we went from one to the other, and we used to text each other on our birthdays, happy birthdays, and then this long freaking paragraph about how much we appreciate one another. But eventually, it's almost as if perhaps we forgot each other's birthday, or we. Purposefully forgot it, or we actually forgot about it. I don't even want to know which is the right answer. But I could just feel like it's thinning. It's becoming almost like a sheet of paper that, in document, yes, we were friends. Yes, we had all these history, but it's paper thin. That's it. Just another page in my history book now. But we did reconnect. I want to say two years later, when we were both juniors in college, one of our high school friends in our friend circle was getting married, and this friend was actually the very first friend I've ever made when I was in America. So we went to middle school together. We went to high school. Didn't really go to the same college. But I knew this person since I was American. I can say that I knew her since I was American. So obviously, we went together to her wedding, and I also brought my significant other with me because I thought, you know, even though we don't talk about, even though we don't talk a lot now, you are still the most important friend I had, and I want to introduce an important person in my life to you. As a, I don't know how to explain this. It's not taking your fiance to your parents to get approval, but I just wanted my close friends to know what is going on in my life. I guess more like a report card because she still was so important to me. She was like a paperweight in my life, and. Strangely enough, it felt like as if we never stopped talking. So everything was still sort of natural, and we talked and we say, "Hey, let's make plans in the future to get together." Blah blah blah. But then that would be the second to last time that I talked to her ever since. The next time was a year ago. For some reason, I had this urge. To want to reach out and reconnect with her, but I also had this giant fear of reaching out in general because, as I said before, I knew I was thinning out of her life and she was thinning out of mine. But I want to reach out to know how she is doing right now. I want to know that if she's doing okay. But there is this fear inside of me that. You are not important anymore. Why are you trying to intrude in her life again? So it took me a while, but I mustered the courage to send her a text and say, "Hey,、um, 
oh, I remember why. It's because I'm about to move. I was going to move to Chicago. So before I left, I wanted to have some sort of a closure. Yes, more like a closure that I'm sorry that we didn't get to talk a lot these past few years, but I just want you to know that I still value you as a friend. I still value our past. Oh, this sounds like, (laughs) this sounds weird, but I just want to wish her well. Um, I wanted her to have a good life too. So I guess that's why I wanted to reach out. And I texted her, hey, you want to grab something to eat together? And I have some big news to tell you as well. And she said yes. And when I went to, oh gosh, I don't even want to think about it. No, it's not that I don't want to think about it. It it hurts to think about it. We went to grab ramen together for dinner. And over dinner, we just caught up with each other's life talking about, hey, what are you doing right now? And hey, what are your future plans? I know you were doing this, this, and this. How is that going for you? It was just very casual conversations. But while we were having that conversation, I felt so sad because the way we converse, it's like adults now. We're talking about adult issues and we, the energy, the synergy that we felt when we were younger is gone. It's like a polite kindness instead of an intimate moment. I don't know how to express how exactly I feel, but whenever I think about that moment, it makes me want to cry because it was like this flower in my garden that I spend so much time with, that I have such a strong connection with, and someone else is picking up a pot and taking my flower away. And I can't blame them for taking my flowers away because I didn't have the time to make more connections with this flower or this flower was just leaving my garden regardless and I felt very powerless. I remember when we went to Gongcha together, she had to go to the restroom. So she left her phone on the desk and when there was a text message that came in her phone lit up and on her screen it was um, her and two of our older lunch table friends so we were all friends together but those two friends or one friend in particular is now her new best friend so I'm no longer her new best friend anymore. And it hurts. It hurts to see that, even though I understand that's what happens. Time created different circles in our life, and they just got closer together because of the struggles that they had to endure 
together. I understand that. It makes sense. But it doesn't stop it from hurting. The fact that that title that was once mine is now someone else's and I can't do anything about it. And I shouldn't really need to do anything about it because in a way, I gave that up even though I didn't really want to, even though I tried my best not to make that decision. And funny thing, I was talking to my friend, my other Asian friend about it afterwards. And she was like, did you have a crush on her? Did you like her or something? Why do you sound so heartbroken? I was like, well, because I am heartbroken. No, I did not like her more than a friend, but we had a very strong, or at least, even though if it was one-sided, I had a very strong emotional attachment to her. I was very, very dedicated towards our friendship and it meant the world to me. It really did. And either this motorcycle needs to take my feelings away. Either she didn't feel the same way as a strong friendship. Why am I emphasizing that it was only a friendship? I'm not talking about a breakup. I'm talking about a friendship that <laughs> didn't last as long as I thought it would. Because at that night, the moment I walk away, I knew that things could never really be the same anymore. And I don't want to be in those fake situations where we just pretend that things were still the same. But things are obviously not the same. So I went home kind of heartbroken and sad about having to grow up, having to experience things in different time and not being able to to be best friend forever. Like BF, best friend, best friend forever. BFFs. Oh my God. Now that I'm done crying about my ex-best, <laughs> ex-high school best friend, I don't even want to call it that. I still consider her a friend in my life, but that is in the past. It can never continue the same way as before. I will talk about the next big heartbreak <laughs> to experience, but you may already heard about this one before, and this one is for my very first cat, Milk Tea. Getting Milk Tea and inviting him into my life was one of the best thing that ever happened to me since I moved to America. He was like an emotional support that existed between heaven and earth. <laughs> he was an angel, he was God sent. And he was also unplanned, I did not have any plans to have any pet while I was in college. My job, my focus was to do my best to get my degree and apply to freaking medical school. But the decision to adopt him happened so naturally, it felt almost as if I was supposed to do that. He, I was supposed to meet him that week and fall in love with him the next and then adopting him the week after that. It was like a movie plot that was waiting to happen, but I didn't, I didn't want the credits to roll in so soon. Even though we were only together for, oh, November, wait, 
December, January. Oh my gosh. Even though we were only together for two months, those were two of my most stressful months in the year. We spent New Year's together. We spent, I don't remember if we got to spend Christmas together. Yes, I think we did spend Christmas together. Thanksgiving, I had to go home. But during, over the span of those two months, I had my finals. I had so many things happening to me and milk tea was just there, ready to recharge me at the end of a tiring, tiring day. And I can't help but to blame myself for his passing. You know, what if I did not do this? What if I spent more time with him? Would he still be here with me? But the disease that he had, it's it's not curable. Even if I did not do those things, if he was if the disease was hidden in the beginning, it will still eventually happen at the end. And I can't help but to feel so guilty. And now as time passes, the pain of losing him is also thinning naturally. And at the realization of this fact, it's almost like the same situation with my high school best friend. I don't want it to thin out, but it's thinning because he's not here to reinforce the bond that we had when we were together. And I feel so guilty of slowly, slowly forgetting him. It's like an amnesia that I cannot stop even though I try to think about him every day even though I have his face as my desktop ever since I had him at times just washes away like a tie-dye shirt and I'm just seeing these colors every time every wash and I feel so sad it's like I can't even I couldn't keep him when he was alive and I can't even keep him now that he passed away as well. It's just a very helpless feeling. But apparently that is just a part of life. You say hi and you say bye. Even though you don't want to say bye, it's polite to say bye when you're about to be separated from something, someone that you love. Or you hate. I mean, I guess if you hate them, you don't really have to say bye because you don't, you won't see them ever again. But if you do want to be polite and you don't want to burn all of your bridges, instead of saying goodbye, just say bad bye. But don't even worry about your bridges. I'm pretty sure 2020 already burned them all. So 2021, what's good? Well, in 2021, you're coming back, right? Says my mom. Okay, so now we're switching gear to talk about the very very last growing pain, the very last heartbreak. I don't want to call it a heartbreak because it was for a good cause. There were some hurt feelings, but it was not a bad thing. And this is my 2020 farewell with my parents as I set sail for South Korea. It was very hard for my mom to let me go. Not so much as for my dad. He's very logical I don't want to say that he's emotionless, but he doesn't really show it up front, 
But I understand. I understand that he cares a lot about our family. He made a lot of sacrifices, and I respect him for that. And I won't judge him for not shedding a tear at the airport because, please don't cry. If you cry, crying is contagious. I would start crying as well. But that is not a very good last impression. You want to leave with someone as you are a.、Uh, Sailing across the what is that ocean again? Is it Atlantic or Pacific to pursue a new future? But my mom is very. Oh, she is very attached. She always thought that we will be together forever. That might not be the correct phrasing for that, but she always thought that. We would have a future in the states, and then that we're going to be living together. As why are there so many motorcycles these days? Is it because COVID outbreak is very bad in Korea right now, and everyone's just ordering takeouts? Well, good for you, but let me carry on. My mom is very attached to me. Even when I was going to college in a different city, she was always like, "When are you coming home next?" Like. Can we visit? Blah blah blah. She wants to see me very frequently. I think that had to do with the fact that she had to be separated from me since wait, what is it? From the age of four to twelve, she only got to visit once or twice. So she felt like she missed a big part of me growing up. So maybe a part of her wants to make up for that. So for the rest of the time that we're spending together, she just wants to be. Be right there, right next to me. It was almost hard for me to explain her to tell her that I too need some personal space. That living at home at times feels very suffocating for me because our ideas clashes. I'm no longer the kid that I was when I grew up in this house. That I have my own opinions too, and that you should try to see my point and. See where I'm coming from and be understanding as well. It sounds very controlling, but I would just say that it it hasn't really hit her that I am an adult now. I am always her little girl, her little daughter, and my mom and I are very close. So we talk about many things together. So in the way that we're mother and daughter, and we are also close friends. So me leaving her for a year was obviously a huge blow to her. She was really sad, but at the moment she tried to remain positive, which I was really thankful for. Since it was very stressful trying to get visa during COVID and everything was moving so slowly, we were trying to just hoping that everything will work out in the end. So during that time, when I was kind of panicking, she was just trying to toughen up and. Be encouraging as possible. Like, okay, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you prepare this? Did you prepare that? So, in the way, I feel very heartbroken because I know that she's feeling sad right now, but she's just trying to put up a face to help me push through this as well. And now that I am here, now that I'm in South Korea, she feels lonely, and it's understandable because once again, I'm gone, and now. Instead of being one call away, well, I am still one call away, but there is time zone in between. Instead of me visiting over the weekends, I can't really do that 
because it would requires much longer time to travel overseas. So it's harder to see each other again. But I also don't want to see her suffering. I don't want to see her being miserable, but I can't just tell her, stop being sad. This is fine. <laughs> A mother will always miss their child, their children, because it was once part of them. So I understand this intense longing, but at the same time, I, it's part of, it's part of the growing pain. You give birth, your child grows up, and then they leave to pursue what they want to do. I can't be by your side forever, just as you had to leave China to pursue what you thought was a better future for you in America. It must have been just as hard for grandma as is, as it is for you right now to to see me overseas, to not be able to reach out to me whenever you want to, you know? But I can't, I don't have the heart to say it this exact same way, to tell her that, hey, suck it up. That's what grandma had to do. So that's what you're feeling right now. And I'm growing up, mom. I have to leave the house. The bird has to leave the nest to explore what is outside of this big giant tree that I spend my entire life in. But how do you tell a mother that? How? How? I just don't know. And perhaps it's something that cannot be expressed through words. Maybe it just has to be felt in order for us to come to the conclusion that, okay, this is my reality now. I wish there were some words that would instill this peace of mind and ease my mother's heart. But I've tried what I can, and it's not really making her feel better, but rather lonelier. I know it's a growing part that I will probably have to experience once I'm older, but I just wish that it was easier when you had to go through it. I hope my mom will find other things to distract herself with so that she doesn't have to suffer so much while I'm away. That's why I think growing pain sucks, but it's also necessary. We need to learn how to deal with these emotions, how to deal with these situations. And unfortunately, the best way to learn how to do that is to experience it. I can't describe to you how skydiving feels. You just have to go skydiving to find out how exactly how exhilarating that feeling is and how terrifying and how everything just mushed all at once will hit you and give you those doses of serotonin. I can't express to you how it feels. You just have to feel it. And so are many different things in life that sadly we just cannot skip out. Death, departure, and breakups, and all of those terrifying and horrible things. There's just not a shortcut that we can take to avoid it. But as horrible as life can get sometimes, to live is a blessing. To be able to feel, to be able to laugh, to be able to cry, the ups and downs. Everything happens for a reason. I keep trying to remind myself of this fact that 
there is timing for everything, and that to be able to feel how every single thing impacts you, to be able to not be stoic, is one of the many important advantage of being able to live. To sit at the movie theater and just watch your movie premiere to see how your life unfolds. It can get terrifying sometimes. There will be bad parts in the movie that you wish you could cut out, but it will be a journey, and it's a journey for all of us to experience everything. And sometimes you experience it all at once. But regardless what the plot of your movie is, at the ending scene there is a message that only you will understand. So. Stick around and find out what that is when your journey comes to an end. And this is why I love talking to old people so much because old people have so many interesting stories to tell. So hopefully, in the future, we will be one of those interesting grandmas and grandpas that is able to give kids many valuable lessons and ridiculous adventures that we did through our life. And that is all for the fifteenth episode of Lactose Intolerant. To be honest, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't believe that I could last this long. So thanks to you for everyone who tune in every single week, and stay safe from COVID, stay warm from winter. And next week will be the last podcast of the year, the last podcast of the season. So let's go out with. A bang, and I will see you next week. Bye.